This is Brunch with the Hollowells, and to start us off is a quote from Sean. Are you scared? It's aren't you scared. Oh, I thought you said are. Okay. Aren't you scared? Well, that's just fine. Say it once, <laughs> say it twice. Take the chance and roll the dice. Ride with the moon in the dead of night. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, we have fun here. <laughs> no, I know where that's from. Yeah, that's Nightmare for Christmas. Mm-hmm. About time we incorporated those ladies. Yeah, I guess it was time for that, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, those, those are some cool witches. I wish they did other witchy things besides fly and look ugly, but, <laughs> I, you know, the, the, you can't have Halloween Town without witches, so right. there you go. Yes. I like how I tried to surprise Rob. I was just like, I need you to say, aren't you scared? And he knew exactly where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to say, aren't you scared? And then, like, naturally, the, the tone of the song <laughs> came out. And then I just started singing the rest of it. <laughs> Damn it. I, I couldn't help it. I love that song. That movie is everything. It's Jesse's favorite. You know what's funny and kind of sad, though? When Coraline came out, everybody was like, oh, this movie's just ripping off Nightmare Before Christmas. Ripping off Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, but what people don't know is that the director of Nightmare Before Christmas was Henry Selleck, who yeah. did Coraline. How is it ripping off? So is Nightmare because for Christmas ripping off Gumby? No, I mean, it's because like, people thought the style was similar, but everybody thinks Tim Burton is responsible for the style. But Henry Selig did the style. I don't have time for the world right mm -hmm. now. Zen. <laughs> I, need, I need Marcy. She needs to cleanse me. <laughs> Fucking Marcy. Yeah, we're going to meet Marcy along with some other people in today's episode. Welcome to Brunch with the Hollowells. I am Rob the Charm Fanatic, and I'm here with Sean, who has never seen this show before. Never. Until, never ever. <laughs> until now. And uh, I am showing him one episode each week while giving you guys the listening pleasure of reliving this amazing show. And today we are on Season 2, Episode 9, Miss Hellfire. All right, Sean, I did hype this up, and I said this was an amazing episode. A lot's happened in it. Hopefully, we'll see what you think about this, but you have some news for me. I do. So, an article came out on W Magazine, Rob. Have you ever wondered if Melissa Joan Hart likes The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? I'm sure that's passed in many people's minds if she actually saw it or even liked it. Well, I'll tell you this. She does not like it. And she, she straight up said she doesn't like it. The reason why she doesn't like it is drama. I'm about to rock your socks. All right. So she watched a few episodes for like a pu the publicity <laughs> type thing. And she said, I don't think it really appeals to me. You know why she said it? What a bitch. She said, I have young kids in the house and I'm a little too old for the show. So I guess it's just not my demographic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that makes sense. It happens to all the best actors out there. They they do all of this racy, sort of risque stuff for TV or movies, and then they have kids, and they have to set a good example because those kids are going to want to see them on TV. And 
you just get, I'll tell you this. So I have, you know, a couple of high school friends who obviously all grew up and had kids because that's the American hetero way. And so <laughs> when that happens, their whole entire view changes. They watch movies differently. They notice things um, different than what they used to. Some things that used to be funny is not anymore. Mm. And you just get a whole different perspective. It's a world we just don't know about yet. It's so, funny. I don't think my parents went through that because I was still watching horror films yeah, and all that with them. Yeah, and you know, some people you know, just feel that they have the ability to teach their kids the, the big difference between make-believe and what's real. And they're able to share that you know, sort of thing like horror, horror films with their children. But some people just kind of notice all that stuff and it's just like not my world anymore mm -hmm. so now i'm not really looking forward to clarissa coming back because she's not gonna be that person anymore she'll probably be a nick jr clarissa or That's something true. so hopefully we still get our old Cla clarissa back well and with melissa jones she's actually a sweetheart she said that um even though the show's not for her she's glad it's doing well and she's glad to see the character lives on for a new generation. I did read something how she was actually very appreciative that it went dark because then it would just be them trying to recreate the old Sabrina, mm -hmm. not make it their own. And so she gives props for it going completely opposite than what her show was. Yeah. So I dig that. I still want a talking cat, but whatever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get to our episode. We are on season two, episode nine, Miss Hellfire. Originally aired January 13th, 2000. So I think this is the first episode of the new year. Oh. Yeah, well, of their new year anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, this was written by Constance and Burge, who again is the creator. Giving you notes here, Sean. Start listening. Okay. <laughs> and Cheryl J. Anderson, directed by Greg Zisk. Guest stars include Billy Drago as Barbas, uh, Courtney Gaines as DJ. Uh, then we have um, he or Hayden Walsh or Walt as Marcy Steadwell, uh, and Antonio Sabato Jr. as Bane Jessup. This episode scored 5.1 million viewers. The episode begins with Phoebe and Prue um, who are having breakfast when Prue is called to an emergency staff meeting at Buckland. Piper walks in and the others pretend not to recognize her because she spends all of her time over at Dan's. Piper says that her life has been nice and normal lately and she doesn't even care that it's Friday the 13th, which Phoebe turns into the superstitious one now. Do you remember? Piper was the one all about this. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah, she had the good luck charms and she was making decisions. Now she doesn't give a shit. And then it's Phoebe, the one that's all like, Ugh, we don't deal with that anymore. As soon as Piper says that, a machine. <laughs> so, yeah, she was like, it's Friday the 13th. Look, nothing's happened. We're okay. And then all of a sudden, a whole bunch of bullets start flying through the house. What were you thinking at this point? I thought it was completely out of left field. It's yeah. funny. Did you expect to see any kind of like gunplay? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, usually with a supernatural show, guns are the last thing you really think about. But right. it was completely left field, like you said. 
A machine gunner starts shooting up the manor. The sisters run for cover. The shooting stops, and they think they hear the door opening from the front. Within only a few words, the sisters plan a counterattack. Piper will freeze the gunman while Phoebe kicks him down. Him down. They assume it's a man. Mm-hmm. And Prue will blow him out of the door. A leather-clad woman walks in and starts shooting at them from behind, coming in through the kitchen. Prue deflects the bullets, um, Phoenix-style, and back right into the shooter, killing her. So what the sisters don't really know at this point, though, is that um, they realize after the fact she's a human being. Phoebe couldn't even look at the body, yet they stared down demons all day. Why do you think that they were so startled by the fact that it was just a human being? Mm, I think because they feel bad that they took a human life, but also because why would a human know about them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is surprising to see, you know, actual humans go out and... There's an episode later on, I think it's this season, I'm not sure, but because they've been attacked by supernatural beings, they always forget that humans are bad too, and any one of them could come out and attack them and, and, you know, whatever, a mugging or, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's funny how that part of the world has still, you know, has has been sort of like taken a back seat, and then ever so often we get like a human counterpart that just comes in and kind of like fucks with their lives. Um, what do you think of the effect of Piper stopping the bullets in midair and that big pan shot? I love that shot. I thought it looked pretty cool. And I liked how they didn't stop right away. They kind of like made the little ripple waves mm-hmm. and then turned around. Yeah. Uh, that You'll see that, I think, if not in this season in the opening credits, but in third season. It's part of how they demonstrate her power when they introduce her in the credits. And they always show that scene. So <laughs> I love that. Uh do you believe in Friday the 13th? We may have discussed this in the other one, but I just want to you know, remind our viewers who are listening or who may be new to the show. Honestly, I think it's just any other day, and I think it's what you make of it. If you wake up saying, I'm going to have bad luck today, you're going to notice all the little things that you think of as bad luck. But I used to think of it as a good luck day, so I focus on all the good things that were happening. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a day to me. I don't think it's either way. <laughs> Very good. I think you were almost word for word for the last time mm-hmm. we talked about this. And, and you know, I would agree. I, I don't put too much emphasis on the superstition part of it. I think it's kind of fun to think about, and I'm open to the idea of it being true if there were like evidence and stuff. Um, the full moon thing, I think about sometimes how it just like raises emotions and stuff. I think that's true. I think mm-hmm. that's more of a scientific thing because, yeah. like, especially working in customer service, like some of the worst days of my work life this past month was when everything was in retrograde. Mm-hmm. I got so many shit calls, and full moons we get lots of shit calls. I have a coworker who is so into that stuff, and every day Mercury retrograde. That's blame it on that. That's what's happening. So I can understand that. Mm-hmm. We just passed April Fool's Day, as we're. Um, recording this episode, do you believe in April Fool's Day? Do you take part in it? Um, you know what's funny is, um, I left my wallet. Well, I thought I left my wallet at Anthony's house, so I messaged him. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, if you see my wallet," he's he's like, "Okay, I'll look for it." And then he sends back, "Oh wait, 
April Fools, right? I was like, no, no, I'm really missing my wallet. I, I need it. And then later I put, um, oh, I got this weird message on OKCupid today telling me to look out for you because you're trouble. And he's like, April Fools. I was like, okay, you got me that time. I had an ex call me and say you cheated on me. What? Yeah. I mean, it, it came so easy and casual off the tongue. He was like, yeah, I had a dude over. I fucked him. Yeah, it was fine. And I was like, what? And I honestly forgot all about April Fool's Day. And I think he warned me that when he does April Fool's Day that he goes all out. And I was actually pissed. I was so mad. It took <laughs> me a while to really get over what I had just heard. But yeah, that's joking to him. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways... All right. Among the woman's effects, the sisters find multiple passports, weapons, foreign currency, and a book with a list of names, a vibrator, and... Oh. Shut up. <laughs> Only M. Steadwell and P. Hollowell are not crossed out. Nine others are crossed out. Another page lists the sisters' names and their powers. Apparently, whoever sent the killer not only wanted them dead, but knew they were witches. Daryl walks in and is initially skeptical that the hitwoman ended up being shot if the sisters were unarmed. Phoebe admits that the three sisters are witches. Elsewhere in the book, they find M. Steadwell, plastic explosives. 10 a.m. Yeah, that's what the note said. Oh, so yeah, it had her right. name, the, the cause of death, and the time. Mm-hmm. Phoebe leaves with Daryl while Prue goes to her meeting at Buckland's. The sisters ask Daryl to keep things hushed up where they track down the killer okay so let's backtrack a little bit so the killer knew that um they all had powers and listed phoebe as negligible what does that mean that means like there's no worry like she's not harmful oh that's horrible take out the other two because this bitch got nothing i mean and what a way to like twist the knife even further by having both prue and piper get like more skills in their powers like phoebe um not phoebe uh prue obviously has a new power coming up but piper actually learned another skill with her freezing power later in the episode and it just sucks for phoebe wow do you hear that I have an X-Men reference. Okay. In X-Men, they get secondary mutations, and this totally reminded me of that. What does that mean? Like, Emma Frost, right? So she's telepathic and telekinetic. So later on, her secondary mutation is that she turns into her diamond form. Oh, okay. So she didn't have that initially. Mm -mm. And why did it manifest into that? Hers was brought on by a um, almost like a psychic manifestation of a <laughs> twin sister that died in the womb of Charles Xavier's. Okay. So he had an evil twin sister, and she got into Emma's head and made the secondary mutation happen. Jesus. Right? Okay. All right. Well, it looks like Charm's done their homework. Well, I even tried to see, like, did X-Men get that from Charm? Because I think Charm did it first. Could be. Well, I don't know if it's a direct correlation, but it's cool that it's all similar and works in different avenues as far as like comics and TV. Mm -hmm. So I think that's cool. Daryl finally knows. Okay, I've got some issues with Daryl right now. Okay. First off, he walks in and they're like, she's in there. And he goes, she? Like, 
It's so surprising that a woman could be a hit woman. Well, maybe he just believes women are not natural killers. He may have them as, you know, people who don't like to kill. Men are usually the demons of the world. Way to stick up for him. A, I'm just saying. It could be anything. But I do see what you're saying. And a woman usually would get pissed off at hearing that. So (laughs) So you're calling me a woman. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But what do you think about Daryl finally knowing... Um, I like it that it's out there, but it was kind of like anticlimactic. I know, it wasn't really something. I mean, Andy had hinted about it quite a bit, and I don't know if it's due to his acting or they just didn't have time to focus on him right now. It's just good for him to know, let's just move on so he can help us do stuff. And- yeah, like, because I told you while we were watching it, I thought he was going to laugh and not believe it. He didn't even do that. He didn't even ask, like, questions on what are your powers or anything. Well, see, that's the difference between him and Andy is that Daryl is a huge skeptic on this whole thing in general. And it freaks him out. But at the end of the day, he's a cop and he loves the sisters. So he's not really going to, you know, just run away scared. But he wants nothing to do with it. He wanted to know so much. But once he found out, he's like, I don't want to hear another word done because it just rocked his world if you were told like all of this stuff exists now it's like how do you even walk out of your door right and i could see that for his character he doesn't want to believe it he's not ready to believe it he probably sees the evidence and has to believe it whereas someone like me who's already a believer would be like "Ooh, how interesting tell me more do we want a character like daryl being on the show of just this non-believer and so like i don't want to hear it don't say anything. Do we want this negativity around or is it okay for the show? I could see where he could be a very strong ally because he doesn't have to know the details or be a big believer. He just has to be someone who knows that it's there so that he can be a go-between between the girls and the cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he did in this episode, he helped get rid of the body. Do you call shenanigans at all at how e- Well, not how easy it is to kind of like put a body on ice, but just how influential the cops can be and just covering up all of this like sister help um no (laughs) i think stuff like that really happens oh my god it's so creepy like what's that one show like making a murder making oh how to make yeah how to make a murder or something yeah yeah the one where he got apparently framed for the death Mm -hmm. that was all the cops a lot of that Jeez. okay well yeah look at that (laughs) All right, so we go to Buckland's now, and the new regional VP, Mr. Codwell, partners crew with Jack as she comes in late and is referred to as the one with the dark hair. (laughs) Uh, Orders each partnership to raise $100,000 worth of merchandise by tomorrow night if they want to keep their jobs. So Claire is out. (laughs) Mr. Codwell is in. So the new boss is actually... Um, Penny's son who went up for adoption and then ended up becoming a cop in Hearts and Souls. Oh, really? Yeah, that's him. Wow. Yeah. Gained a lot of weight. <laughs> no, he actually looks the same. That's Does exactly he? how he looked. I mean, just think when Hearts and Souls came out. Okay, yeah. that's true. But yeah, that's the same guy. Hmm. <laughs> Um, if you guys have not seen Hearts and Souls, it's Robert Downey Jr. before he became Iron Man. It's genius. I love it. It's super sad. It's super happy. It's just a fun movie. I love it. I recommend it. You should watch it. 
Piper is outside the meeting room, urging Prue to leave. Suddenly, Prue slips into unconsciousness, and a clone of herself appears next to Piper. Both Prue and Piper are surprised, but Prue figures out it's some sort of astral projection. So they alluded to this earlier in the episode because in the house she was like, the one time I need two of me. She said, it would be nice if there was another one so I can do A, B, and C. So this was the time for it to happen. What was your reaction to seeing this? I thought it was exciting. Um, I kept thinking of how it can relate to her current power. Like it's a secondary mutation. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that sucks about it is she falls asleep you know like she's still only one person but it's cool that she could almost like teleport to another area exactly i mean well that's what actual projection is i Mm -hmm. mean for the most part you're not even able to touch anything you're just viewing something in a different location that's Mm -hmm. it so um what do you think of her power do you like it is it a cool like upgrade or i think it's a cool concept um i'm excited to see how much they use it and what they use it for because right now i'm kind of like okay (laughs) all right yeah no we'll keep that in mind as we go along with the show prue and piper check out the hit woman's opulent opulence (laughs) (laughs) apartment near the manor prue finds expensive clothes jewelry and wigs a vibrator piper finds a refrigerator (laughs) and covers empty all mail addressed to current resident and roses with a card prue is like oh Oh, foe. Oh, it's beautiful. I just I just love it how, like, fashion will never be out of style or out of range, no matter what's going on. You could be running from a serial killer. Oh, my God, nice jacket. Right? <laughs> okay, the card says, Miss Hellfire, until we meet at last, Bane. P.S. Joker, Harley, Poison Ivy, and Scarecrow <laughs> will be there. <laughs> That's totally what the names remind me of. I mean, obviously, especially Bane, but Miss Hellfire could totally be a Batman villain. Of course, yes. (laughs) Just then, Bane's henchmen come in and mistakes Prue for Miss Hellfire. Piper freezes the henchmen, and Prue proposes to go undercover. Apparently, nobody knows what Miss Hellfire really looks like. So Piper unfreezes the henchmen, and Prue leaves with them. So, do you have any theories at all at this point um, when you were watching, like, who the assassin is, who hired her, like, what the fuck is going on? Do you have any thoughts or you were just kind of just letting it happen? I was kind of letting it happen. Okay. But, yeah, I was excited to see um, where it was going to go, the fact that she's going undercover. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, Prue, again, gets to do all the fun stuff. She turns to a man... And she gets, you know, doubles of herself. Now she gets to go undercover and wear cool clothes. Everything just seems to always happen to Prue. I mean, she is sort of the lead. Would you have preferred any of the other sisters to go undercover? Yeah, Phoebe, who's done shit this season. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think she's... And now that now she's negligible, apparently. Like the oh, other two girls get woman. new powers and she's negligible. Oh, that is too funny. I'm oh. looking forward to I'm sure it's gonna go there, but I'm sure later in the season or early next season she's gonna get some awesome like power that she's totally happy with. And the other girls are gonna be like, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually would have lo- I mean, if this episode would have been more of a like goofy comedic episode. 
I would have loved Piper to do it because she is the most timid person ever. It just would have been so funny, her trying to act tough and be this assassin woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been hilarious. But then we wouldn't have seen Shannon Doherty in those outfits. She looked so good in these outfits. I Oh, she was wearing those clothes. Right. But, and this is something I was probably going to bring up a little later, but, you know, Piper points out, like, you look very excited to play this role right now. So, like, do you remember when she had her other clones come out? Her id, the one who never gets to come out and play, like, this is the part that needs to come out and play. Like, she just does not relax and have fun and let loose. And it's just going to keep piling on to her. But they continue to remind us that she has this side that just is begging to come out. Mm -hmm. And even as dangerous as doing something like this, she was like, hell yeah, I can't wait, you know? (laughs) Prue meets Bane, and he says she didn't confirm the Hollowells. Bane asks about Steadwell, and Prue only says that it was a blast. There's some of that wit for you. <laughs> Jack calls, and Prue claims to be with the client. Bane is still talking to her at the exact same time, so Prue briefly actual projects to the office. It's funny how distance doesn't even matter either. She doesn't have to be in the same room. She literally traveled from her body all the way to Buckland. I don't know how far the two were, but that's also heavy range. Right. Yeah, that's so crazy. But I guess all she has to do is think about it. She's like Nightcrawler. She just has to picture the area. Yeah, is that what it is? I thought she had to have been there before too. Oh, is that it? Oh, I don't know. Okay. No, not Prue, but Nightcrawler. Oh, Nightcrawler just has to know what it looks like, because if he doesn't, he could teleport into something. Okay. So if he was given, like, a map. Yeah. That works. But what about, like, he doesn't need to see the inside of a building or anything? mm Oh, okay. Fair enough. Bane leaves Prue and sends um, his right-hand man, DJ, to Bane's office. Barbus appears to DJ. It turns out he hired Bane... Uh, Bane's gang to kill 13 witches, including the Charm Ones, on Friday the 13th, so he can permanently return from Purgatory. But they only have until uh, midnight to be killed. So, the return of Barbus, was there any idea that it was him, or were you shocked to see him? Well, I saw in the opening credits Billy Drago was in it, but okay. I didn't remember right away who he played, but when he started doing the whole fear thing, I remembered and okay. Of course, it's when, right when they said Friday the Thirteenth. I was like, "Oh yeah." I know. I was gonna say Friday the Thirteenth being brought up again. That should have triggered it, but I get it. Um, I love how demons in Purgatory get haircuts because his hair was a lot <laughs> longer true. the last time that we saw him. Now he had a fresh do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barbus brings out DJ's greatest fear that Bane is being double crossed and is going to kill him when he finds out. That seems a little gay. Just saying. <laughs> I, you know, no, no disrespect to a henchman to his boss, but if that's literally your greatest fear, you either are too overworked or he has a little bit of a crush because <laughs> I would think there would be more fearful things. But I mean, hey, if that's your job 24-7, obviously that's the worst thing that could happen to you. Mm-hmm. Suddenly Bane appears in the door and riddles DJ with bullets. Illusion Bane disappears and DJ heals. So it was sort of like a warning shot. Not to fuck with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, let me see. What else I, oh, yeah. So, I love the fact that in these outfits, Prue is like confidence, like to the highest power. 
She's walking with style and she's got attitude. Let me tell you her in person. So she actually appeared on a season of Dancing with the Stars. She was the first one to go. Wow. Yeah, she couldn't dance, but it was her confidence that got her voted off. And like you would hear her in confessionals and just sort of an intro to her personality. Because, you know, you got to get these people to fall in love with you if you want votes. Like she is, she, I wouldn't say super insecure. She's just very, very doubtful of herself. And that's why she loves acting because she doesn't like to open up on like who she is. So she'd rather be somebody else for the most of the time. So it doesn't show in this sh in this TV show. I just think she is just so confident in what she's doing. She's proud of what the show has become. And her character is complete opposite of who she is. <laughs> and it's just funny how she's able to do it. I just think that's a testament to her acting. That's true. Dan is at the manor with Piper installing new windows. He asks her to move in with him. She says she'll think about it. Phoebe enters with Marcy. Did we want to talk about Marcy real Yeah, quick? let's talk about Marcy. I'm so excited about Marcy. <laughs> so she reminded me of another actress who she's not, but I looked up her history and she voices not just one, but two very big cartoon voices. She's ma she's mainly a voice actress. She's been in a ton of voice acting things, but okay. not very many actual roles. But we talked about one, Rob. She voices Starfire on Teen Titans and oh, on Teen Titans Go. Oh, both. Mm -hmm. Okay, very cool. But she also does Princess Bubblegum on Adventure Time. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wait. So was it the voice you recognized or did you recognize her face? No, she just she really looked like another actress to me, and I wish I knew the actress's name. Okay. But um, after I looked her up, I could hear it in her voice. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. She is insufferably perky. I like that. Insufferably. <laughs> and is about to ask if Dan is a warlock when Piper freezes the room. Marcy freezes as well, evidently. She's merely a practitioner, not a magical witch. Phoebe says that Daryl has put Marcy's name on the dead body of the real Miss Hellfire, which is now at the morgue. Bane and Prue enter his apartment. He offers her a small box and reminds her to kill the Hollowells. She opens the box and finds an exquisite diamond necklace. DJ and Barbus enter the morgue. Barbus kills the coroner with his greatest fear, being autopsied himself. Ugh. I know. They find the body of Marcy Steadwell and find she didn't die in an explosion. I love how his biggest fear is at work. Like, get another profession if your greatest fear is being autopsies. That's... Pretty much the last thing you want to be is in a morgue. But I just thought that was funny. Um, so a, a couple of things happened in here. Dan asked Piper to move in. He was scared for her life and was like, you need to just move next door because it's safer, you know, 50 feet away. But <laughs> um, they think he needs a, they need a man around. And they were like, oh, your sisters can come too. But I really just want you. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this? Is this is this the right timing of it all? Um, I don't know. For them, they just started dating, just barely. But, I mean, it's not a big change because they live next door anyway. Do you think there's a time frame on when you should ask somebody to move in? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, obviously, it shouldn't come until you guys know each other well enough to coexist for you know, more than 24 hours, I would go away for a weekend, test that shit out. And then if it works out, there's a possibility. 
But I mean, if it saves on gas, if it saves on money and you, you know, like if it's the next move, but I don't think there's a time frame. I think people just do it whenever they're ready. Do you want to know something funny? And you're only the second person to know this. Okay. So I just talked to Chris today about Anthony moving in with us. You're kidding. Because Why would he want to move in? With the way our leases are coming, he wants to move closer to LA and we want to have a place away from Rachel. So it makes sense if we all just moved in together. So he wants to move over here on this area? Oh, yeah, because he's always driving to Pasadena to see me or driving to his bowling league. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, what did he say? I haven't asked him yet. Oh, okay. I just made sure it was okay with Chris today, but I'm going to ask him tomorrow, which is Wednesday or Thursday. So what would Anthony do if it didn't work out? Does he plan on, you know, like staying in the same spot or is he going to try and look for something else? Um, he was already thinking about getting a place on his own, but it just occurred to me if he's going to move out this way, then maybe I should run that by him. Well, look at the timing of our episode. <laughs> right? That is very crazy. Well, yeah, like I said, I don't think there's a time limit just as long as you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's all. Um, So we find out that Jenny is back with her parents. I don't know if that's in Saudi Arabia where we learned they were traveling in the very first episode, but... She is no longer living with Dan because he's an unfit guardian. <laughs> we also see Piper and Phoebe having a conversation, catching Phoebe up to speed, that Prue has a new power. And Phoebe just couldn't be more disappointed. Jeez, are you serious? Are you serious? I hate her. <laughs> she was just so angry that everybody's got new powers except for her. It sucks. I feel, I mean, Phoebe's power has grown since then Mm -hmm. remember because it's gonna be on the quiz if lightning powers no well not yet no we've already seen um an example of her powers growing so far in the show do you remember um is it that it happened in first season actually Mm -hmm. that she can feel it with them can't she nope 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 it's okay so basically She's able to see the past and not just the future Mm -hmm. when she saw Melinda Warren. Okay. Yeah. Prue returns and the three recall the list of witches. Eleven names were on the list, but P. Hollowell counts as three for 13. The sisters realize that Barbus is after them and Piper and Phoebe don't like the idea of Prue heading back out again undercover, especially since Barbus can use her greatest fear against her. Prue isn't worried as she's concert conquered her field of fear drowning. She promises to check in after an hour. Uh, Prue meets Bane and demands to be paid. Bane says he'll pay her when the Hollowells are dead. And Prue says uh, the boss has a habit of disappearing rather than paying. So the two dance for a while and even kiss. What do you think about this? Like think- he's evil. I think she definitely lost herself in him a little bit. She was having a good time. I was going to ask you, is it very reckless or is she really playing the role in being undercover? Yeah, because the fact that when he had to walk away, she turned around and started dancing with another guy and kept looking over at Bane. Mm -hmm. She was totally trying to make him jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was no um, surprise that Bane was into Hellfire. So, yeah, I think that was a part of it. But, I mean, do you think she dug him? I think so. Really? But I do think it's a weird setup for this show to have Bane be this guy who doesn't know 
what Hellfire looks like and doesn't know what the Hollowells look like. Because mm-hmm. he apparently is the one who set up this deal. Mm-hmm. So did he do it all remotely? And how did he pass on the information? Yeah, I mean, through his right-hand man, DJ, who that's does true. everything. Um, yeah, that's how some mob bosses are. They don't really see or do anything, you know? That's true. And he could have just given a name. Deniability. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I said... Prue needs to learn how to relax and, and do something because when when she plays, she goes hard. So she has to like chill out. Yeah. <laughs> DJ pulls Bane aside and they talk as Prue dances with the other patron, as you said. DJ says Marcy Steadwell isn't in the morgue and he thinks the body is that of the real Miss Hellfire. I'm hearing Steadwell, Codwell, Hollowell, like... It's just a lot of this. I'm finding myself trying to like really understand like who's who here. (laughs) Um, So yeah, again, another flawless outfit for Prue. She walks into the club in this two piece. I think she's got extensions in her hair. I don't know how she found time to do that, but she's got on this faux coat. I mean, she was hooked up. I would actually wear that for Halloween. Just saying. (laughs) But the song they were dancing to horrible for a club setting. I hated that song so much. It was the worst song to play. I didn't notice it. Oh my god, it was so bad. Um, but yeah, uh, I I thought she looked flawless. They gave her the slow-mo walk and everything. I just, yeah, she was hot. Alright, Marcy runs around the living room chanting. Piper gets annoyed and freezes her. While she is frozen, Dan appears the door, at the door creating a close call for Piper and Phoebe. Piper still isn't ready to move in with Dan. Bane confronts Prue. Barbas appears and reveals that her greatest fear, since she conquered her fear of drowning, is losing a sister. Barbas tells Prue that demons are masquerading as her sisters and she must kill them before they kill her real sisters. Piper and Phoebe pass off Marcy to Daryl and go looking for Prue. They find the Porsche that Bane had given to Prue. Just then, Prue arrives at the apartment and flings Piper and Phoebe around the room. Piper and Phoebe run to the hall, but Prue chases after them and flings a decorative plate at them. Piper and Phoebe run to the patio and provoke Prue to astral project. Phoebe and Piper recite various facts of their childhood, and Prue is at last convinced. The three go after Barbus. (laughs) So, uh, are you ready to move in with Dan? I would say for their situation... I don't know that I'd jump into moving in with him, but I'd at least be like, you know what, let me take some stuff to your house for a week and let's try this out. Why do you think she turned it down? Mm, I wonder if part of her knows that she's not, like, meant for him. So then why, like, do we still justify her being with him? Like, I, I don't know if that's fair to Dan for her to just continue on this road knowing it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think she is loving the fact like, oh, I'm using Dan for a ball. I think she genuinely loves him. But like, if you know, then like, stop. I don't know. Am I just wrong and overthinking it? No, I think she's in a frame of mind where she wants it to work and she wants to get over Leo, but she's not there yet. So I don't think she's thinking like, I'm a bad person. I'm using Dan. I think just part of her is like, I don't know if I'm over Leo, but I want to be. So what does that tell you? Like, if Anthony was just like, I don't want to move in with you, what does that say about your relationship? Are you guys still cool? Do you think you're still cool? Just because, but you're not on the same page, obviously. So is that something bad? 
I don't think it is because we haven't been on the same page on other things before. Mm-hmm. And I've just been patient and it's come around. So I feel that me and him will live together someday. And I even said that to him the other day. I was like, when we live together. Mm-hmm. And he didn't bat an eye to that. That's it's cool. Just, you know. Uh, so this is where you found out Marcy was Starfire. It was the humming and the singing of her voice. I don't know when it became a thing when witches had to perform spells in this humming, like spiritual, like singing sort of pattern when they're saying words. It's I I I hate that. I hope it's a stereotype. I don't see most witches do that. You know, sometimes they'll say it in sort of like a tone or a tempo to like because they're preaching to gods that need to hear them. But at the same time, it's like, why do you have to sing it? It's just so cheesy. I wonder how much of what we view of witches is based on the witches from... I always get them confused. I think it was in Macbeth. Okay. The Shakespeare witches, Mm -hmm. the three. Because they said it very, you know, Shakespearean. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So maybe that's where the whole kind of rhyming spell, and maybe because it rhymes, it lends itself to kind of a singing... Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I mean, and if witches do do that, it's fine. I just think it's super cheesy because. <laughs> but, well, okay, so Marcy clearly isn't a witch with magical powers. So she's a practitioner. She thinks she knows what she's doing. And that's just some of the thing. Like, let me sage everything and hop around and skip as if I'm, you know, dancing around a fire. It just seems very, like, stereotyped and disrespectful to just, I don't know. So, Yeah. I but can see that. I love how Prue, with telekinesis and under a spell to like take out demons that look like your sisters, I would just pick them up and snap them bitches' necks with my hand. Like, I don't know. It's funny how she never took it there. She wants to throw a plate at them. Right. <laughs> yeah, she just she was scary. She was like the Terminator coming after them. Yeah. She could have easily just raised them up with her hands and just twisted that knife or just went all carry on them. Yeah. So funny. Would would you do you call shenanigans that her power is not used for that full potential? Not necessarily to kill, but just like instead of just moving objects, like you can really do some fucking damage. Yeah, actually I do kind of call shenanigans, but maybe it's just because she doesn't have that darkness in her yet. That that's fair. Maybe in season four she'll get there. Yeah. Lord, <laughs> you just made somebody tear up at home with that. Horrible. We'll see how you feel when you actually witness this shit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Barbus is threatening to kill Bane. When Prue walks in, Barbus asks where Piper and Phoebe are. Prue replies, they're right where they belong. Piper and Phoebe walk in. Before Bane and Barbus can react, Piper freezes them. Phoebe takes the gun from Bane, hands it to Piper, um, and Piper um, unfreezes him. And this is when um, Piper displays a more advancement to her powers. She's able to unfreeze one person at a time, even though she froze both of them to start with. So that was the new thing that I was talking about, because she's never done that before. Okay. Uh, Prue flings Bane into a wall, and Barbus unfreezes on the stroke of midnight. Barbus disappears in the fire. I know you love that. <laughs> when he, like, disappeared and went back to purgatory. I know you love that effect. You know, one thing I appreciated about it, though, is I think they kind of knew what they were working with, and it was 
cheesy looking, mm-hmm. but I like the way they kind of made his arms like I don't know what you call that, like appear and disappear in different places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that looked pretty cool, and it, they were working well with what they had. What did you think about sort of the final battle? I may start asking you this later on. Like, I mean, yes, they're witches. They usually use their mouth and spells more than their hands and feet to kick ass. But what do you think about how they handled the demon of the week? Did much really happen? I thought I know. it just kind of ran out of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, they haven't figured out a way to actually get rid of him. So as long as he continues to fail his mission, he will never be able to stay on Earth. You know, so mm-hmm. I guess that was pretty much it. Okay. The next morning, Piper tells Phoebe that she has decided to stay home and not move in with Dan, which makes Phoebe super happy. Um, is that like rallying with your oops, shit? Is that like rallying with your sister to encourage her to like go for her man or whatever? Or are they just really trying to stay and live together forever? I think they want to stay and live with her forever. <laughs> um, Jack comes to the door demanding to know where Prue has been. So she says that um, she has raised 275000 from an anonymous estate, actually Bane's gifts to her, and they go out to celebrate. So they manage to save the job and everything works out just fine. Yay, 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 charm ones win. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Miss Hellfire. What did you think of the episode today? This was a fun episode. I liked it. Yeah, I really, really liked this. But I like experiencing these new sort of enhancements into the story. Mm-hmm. The progression of it all and the fact that she got a new power um, just shows continuity. And um, it just gives the witches more character development. So it seemed that you were cool with this new power. Yeah, and it is. it does make the show exciting that they are consistent with their powers gives us something to look forward to and it makes sense within their characters mm-hmm. so it's not just popping up out of nowhere yeah 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 so what about the um you know the name better than i do um <laughs> worth the wait or catch it late yes this one was dun, 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 worth the wait it was worth the wait yeah okay Cause very good you're right we got more story we got more with um Lachlan Monroe so I like that he's progressing with Prue I like the new power it was exciting seeing Barbas again even though I took me longer than it should have to remember (laughs) him now I don't remember obviously the um you know the promos of the show way back when but had they had shown her astral project in the trailer of next week on Charm, would you have been like pissed or been okay, or would that have made you more excited to like be like, "Ooh, it was worth the wait," you know? Um, yeah, I wouldn't have liked them showing it. I'm trailers show way too much. Like, there's a new Avengers Endgame trailer out today, actually. Mm-hmm. Avoid it if you can. Oh, I'm not watching it. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we know would happen anyway. But I'm like, why would you show that? Now it takes all excitement out of that. Oh, do they show them coming back? I don't know. I can't tell you. Good. That was a test. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, this is a really good episode. I think it's one of the best of season two. And um, yeah, like I said, Prue shines so much in this. I think she looks great. And I love the new power, too. I think it's funny, but yet very useful um, going forward. So, yeah, great episode. All right, Sean, our episode is done. So, you know what that means. It's time for Hot Man Meter. It's raining, man.
Okay. Hotman Meter has four contestants today. We have Barbus Billy Drago. Does he make your list this time? Did the new haircut do it for you? Stop trying to make Barbus happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing that's a no. <laughs> that's a no. <laughs> yeah, that is still a no for me. And then we have DJ, our uh, henchman, played by Courtney Gaines. Does he make your top ten? No. He does not. Now, I love, love, love me some ginger men, but I did not like the cut of his rug. So he does not make my list either. The cut of his rug? What are we in the 70s? We are in the 70s. <laughs> he wasn't a cool turkey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have Mr. Codwell, our new boss at Buckland's. Do we have him in our top 10 list? No. No? He is a very handsome man. Let me actually see. Would he be cuter than Joe Lyons? I'm going to put Mr. Codwell under my top ten. Wow. Yeah, I think he's a handsome gentleman. He's a little, you know, on the mean side, but yeah, I find him to be cool. So I will put um, Mr. Codwell under my top ten, but he does on number ten. And I don't even know why I did that, because the next person is just going to knock him off. <laughs> um, then we have Antonio Sabato Jr., who plays Bane Jessup. Mm. Now, do you recognize him at all? No. You don't? Oh, he's been on some TV in the back, and back in the day, so I'll talk about that in my notes that I forgot to talk about. Oh, we'll do notes after this. <laughs> um, does Antonio Sabato Jr. make your top ten list? He does, and we're going to put him... Right above Owen Grant. Oh, so that makes him number eight. Which, funny that we bring up Owen Grant. I was just looking at pictures on my list, and he did some nudies. Yeah. <laughs> Sean just showed me Owen Grant, who was at the dating agent service, did some new... I, oh. I, I don't know what that brought on, but yeah, okay. If you type in Nick Stabil, Charmed... It brings up pictures of him naked in a pool with Are an ice tea. Are you serious from the charm lookup? That's funny. <laughs> um, did you look up Antonio Sabato Jr.? Oh my God, that man's got body. So you didn't get to see it on this episode, but man, he is fine. So he goes in yours at number eight. That's awesome. And that means Greg Cromer as Rob is out. Peterson. Making Joe Lyons, Prue's assistant in the painted world, your number 10. I am going to also put in um, Antonio Sabato Jr. And he's going to go on my list. I'm actually going to put him up there. Oh my God. Okay, he's going above Owen Grant as well. But my Owen Grant is not the same as your Owen Grant. My Owen Grant is number three. So that means Antonio Sabato Jr. is number three on my list. Well, you know what me and Janet Weiss have in common? We don't like a man with too many muscles. <laughs> <laughs> no, did you did you look him up? Yes. Yeah, he looks good. Mm -hmm. I think he looks good. Okay, so that adjusted our list a little bit. Joe Lyons is officially off of my list, and that means Misha Collins, Eric Bragg, is number 10 on my list. That's crazy. I thought he'd be higher, but I'm sorry. He looks better now than he did back then. Mm -hmm. 
All right, so actually I have some notes for you, Sean, because there actually was some cool facts on this episode. But um, Charmies, remember, update your list. We want you to keep up because I'm going to collect all of your lists at the end of the season and make one giant Hotman meter list for the Charmies. Okay, so a couple of notes. Uh, Prue kills another human. I did hint to you that um, while Prue still believes that um, this was her first human that she has been involved in killing, um, but we as viewers know that it was not her first. Do you remember the dream sorcerer, the guy in the wheelchair? Oh, yeah. So they never saw him. Well, they saw him in person once, but they thought that he was a demon because of his said power. They didn't know it was brought on by science. So when Prue killed him in his dream, oh. he was human. And she never found out that he was a human being and not a demon. Mm -hmm. um, Marcy uh, Steadwell was a witch practitioner. So instead of actually being an actual witch with powers, Barbus actually would not have completed his mission because she wasn't a real witch. Boom. Boom. I don't know how they would have worked that out, but... There was no reason to really kill her. Uh, Prue uses her te telekinesis to deflect bullets at point-blank range, meaning she can use her powers with incredible, even superhuman reaction timing. She was able to deflect them with enough force to kill Miss Hellfire, possibly enough force to move them at the exact same speed as, as they were fired. Hmm. Would you believe this? Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, I didn't know if, you know, stuff like that was only reserved for mutants and not witches. So just making sure it was okay. Okay. So she could take Jean. No, Jean's too powerful. Okay. <laughs> uh, Antonio Sabato Jr. and Greg Vaughn both appeared on General Hospital. So Sabato Jr. is a soap star. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. But he's appeared on other stuff too. Mm-hmm. Along with Alyssa Milano, who both appeared on Marrow's Place together. Well, not together. They were both on the show, but just in different seasons. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the title of the episode is a reference to Mrs. Doubtfire, actually. Really? Yeah. That, that was the whole sort of pop culture reference gimmick. And uh, Daryl references to not wanting to know what the Hollowells own, including a dustbuster which might be a reference to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> uh, so yeah, those were my notes today. Uh, yeah, but again, great episode. And um, that is going to do it for our show, guys. So thank you so much for listening to our episode this week. And next week will be episode 10, Heartbreak City. Hmm. I think it's going to have something to do with Dan and Piper. Okay, based on? Based on... Maybe it's what we talked about. Maybe him moving, wanting to move in pushes her to realize that she shouldn't be with him. So something about the title suggests a Piper Dan story. Yeah. Okay, cool. Alright, we'll tune in next week to find out if Sean was correct in his assessment. And again, if you are listening to this towards brunch, I hope you had an awesome breakfast slash lunch. Uh, remember that all of these episodes can be found on Netflix, so if you would like to follow along with our discussion and get a little bit of a memory of how the episode went each week, remember they're all on Netflix to be viewed, and you will get another episode next Sunday brunch. This is Brunch with the Hollowells. Sean, say goodbye to the people. Power to the people.